Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts, and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 128. I'm not willing even to leave this country, to go and stay in another country as a refugee. I will stay here in Uganda because my work and my efforts are needed here in Uganda. Samson Trinawi is the executive director of Universal Love Alliance, an organization working in Uganda for diversity and well-being. He's a Ugandan humanitarian, educator, and human rights defender who believes that every human being should be respected simply for being who they are, a part of life's creation. Tolerance, inclusiveness, love, compassion, dialogue, and reconciliation are all central themes in his work. Through his teaching and activism, Samson is working for a new generation, one that is open-minded, open-hearted, diversity-embracing, and committed to serving all of humanity. I am so excited to have Samson on the show today. He's doing incredible work in Uganda. And if you're anything like me, you've heard about stuff that's happening in Uganda and how hostile Uganda is to LGBTQ people. But also, I didn't know a whole lot about it. Like, heard things were bad, knew things were bad, didn't know much, though. Samson's here to tell us about all the work that he is doing in Uganda to fight for the dignity of LGBTQ people. You'll hear more of his story in the interview, but I I am just so grateful that he was willing to join me today and and, and to share with us the work that he is doing. I hope, I truly hope that as you listen to this, you will think about ways that you can help get involved with his organization, Universal Love Alliance. So I'm just going to plug their website right off the bat, universalloveallianceorg Head over there. No announcements to date, so let's just go ahead and dive in. Samson, hi, welcome. Thank you, Robertson. I am so excited to have you on the show today, so thank you. Thank you for joining me. So to start, this is this is a question I ask everyone. How do you identify, and how has your faith helped form that identity? Personally, I identify as a queer, meaning that uh, I belong to LGBT community. So when you say LGBT community and Samson, that is a repetition. 
And uh, my faith uh, in this uh, identity is understanding that a creation of God and God is a creator of diversity. Therefore, I'm part that diversity that God has put on this planet to beautify it. So you identify as queer, you live in Uganda. Tell me if this is true, but I, I imagine it was a little bit of a journey for you to get to the point of where you could identify as queer. Is, is that correct? Yeah, of course, uh, uh, it's very challenging here in Uganda to identify as uh, queer or to identify with LGBT community. But uh, the most important thing is to know yourself. If you don't know yourself, then you know nothing. So the most important thing first is I know myself, I know who I am, I know my sexual orientation, I know my gender identity, I know the community that I belong to. Then other things that make life hard, I view them as challenges pressed before us to be challenged, as challenges put to us as an injustice which we must stand against by our means. You've kind of dedicated your life to standing against these injustices. Could you tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing? I work with an organization called the Universal Love Alliance. Universal Love Alliance is a human rights organization in Uganda that works to empower our community towards inclusive and diverse society with gender-based equality, as well as peaceful and harmonious living. Our dream is to have Uganda and Africa in general free from discrimination based on religion, race, marital status and health status, sexual orientation and gender identity. And this organization mainly focuses on inclusion and acceptance of LGBT people here in Uganda. And our approach is educational and based on human rights and theology in the context that every person is created in God's image, meaning that we are all equal before God. Just like it is stated in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that we are all born free and equal. So it is against this background at Universal Love Alliance. We say no matter what, all people, we possess a world citizenship and we are all equal before God and before the law. Could you tell me about a few of the challenges that you're facing in doing this work? Because, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've seen some of the news coming out of Uganda that, I mean, it is, it is not a hospitable place for minority people. Um, there's not a lot of room for diversity. What are some of the challenges you're facing? Of course, here in Uganda, the challenges are many. But I may say that uh, in Uganda, LGBT persons are discriminated against persecuted, stigmatized, denied education, denied health care services, evicted from their homes, banished by their own parents, arrested and imprisoned, tortured and flogged before the public. And these challenges are mainly, they come with the teachings of colonialists, if I may, st if I may say, the first missionaries that brought Christianity in Uganda. And also, they are re-emphasized by uh, mostly faith leaders 
with their allies in Western countries, especially in the United States. And in this context, at Universal Love Alliance, we call them American culture warriors with allies here in Uganda, and they work hand in hand to promote intolerance of LGBT people. They work hand in hand to fight against liberation and freedom and human rights. So these challenges, if I may take you back in 2014, here in Uganda when we are fighting the anti-homosexuality bill. So, but I need to thank human rights organizations in Uganda and other parts of the world that stood with minority groups in Uganda to challenge this law whereby organizations, both local and international, worked hand in hand and worked hard to see that anti-LGBT forces in Uganda do not write their hate into law. And the act was challenged and uh, nullified by constitutional court here in Uganda. And we thank friends all over the world for the support and the effort that they put in. So looking at uh, Christians, especially Christian leaders in Uganda and those in Western countries, they work hand in hand, especially when you look at uh, uh, American evangelicals, uh, conservative evangelicals, they have received a setback in the United States where their teachings are considered dangerous, outdated, archaic, degrading, and inhuman. But they have exported these teachings to Africa where they have found fertile soils for their outdated and inhuman teachings. So these teachings, they press a challenge before us. And these U.S. religious conservatives work hand in hand to impose their intolerance and even theocratic interpretation of Christianity on the rest of the world. And they are doing this by powering into evangelizing missions, church planting, pastor training, and religious broadcasting across Africa. They seek to define Christianity in this, 21st, in this 21st century and beyond. And what are they promoting mainly is anti-LGBT persons by preaching that uh, LGBT people should not be accepted in any community because they are not godly, because they work for the devil, they are dangerous. They should not have a space anywhere in the world. And when this teaching is rejected in the U.S., it is now brought to Uganda and Africa in general. And our faith leaders and community leaders, uh, maybe if I may use, uh, if I use the word uh, uh, ignorance, it sounds arrogant. I may use the word lack of knowledge. Then here, African faith leaders and other community leaders, out of lack of knowledge, they embrace these teachings and they spread them, and they end up persecuting, teaching against LGBT community. Just listening to, to you talk about this, like it's so heartbreaking to hear, because, I mean, so many people who listen to this podcast are very familiar with that kind of conservative, evangelical, 
teaching that you're talking about being kind of exported from here in the states to to Uganda and the harm that it does and 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 so you know to hear that it's yeah being exported is <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's heartbreaking but you're working really hard to combat that and 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 i heard you say you use education a lot how are you finding that working like is it working are people changing their minds of course uh, my friend roberts change is a process uh, it is not something that can happen in a shortest period of time change is something that is gradual that requires patience and dedication but here is how our approach works while many african leaders have argued that homosexuality is not african and what we do here in our educational activities is to re-educate African leaders or Ugandan faith, political and cultural leaders on a pre-colonial state, Uganda. Now, if you are saying that homosexuality is not African, is this true? When did you read it? But when you look at Africa, a pre-colonial state, Uganda, you will find that uh, homosexuality was part of our society here in Uganda, that actually LGBT people were respected, were given key roles in kingdoms, and they were trusted. Actually, they were worshipped, and they were given a role of reading religious rituals in kingdoms before the coming of colonialists. Now, what we do here in our educational uh, activities is to educate Ugandans on a pre-colonial state, Uganda. How did our grand-grandparents, our ancestors, treat LGBT people? Did they kill them? Did they uh, banish them? Did they hang them? No, they loved them and trusted them and respected them, and they actually believed that the LGBT people had supernatural powers. Then, if LGBT people were accepted and accommodated and respected, when did this hate, did this discrimination against them come from? It came with the coming of colonialists. Now, what did these missionaries brought to us? They brought us a gospel. Gospel meaning good news. Now, can we look at the good news of Jesus Christ? Now, what, do, what does Jesus teach us about living with one another? What does Jesus teach us about living with strangers? Working with those who disagree with us? Working with those who are not like us? What does Jesus teach us? So here we come to interpretation of Holy Scriptures. Then from there, we get these various leaders Compare the teachings of Jesus, which are mainly centered on love, on good news. And then we look at a pre-colonial state. Now we open up a dialogue. We start dialoguing. Of course, dialogue takes a long process, takes a lot of time, needs patience. But why do we uh, uh, engage? The, uh, why do we use dialogue approach these issues of LGBT people. 
One, we found that dialogue works well in faith communities than debate. Why? In Uganda, we have faith leaders who have not attained formal education, and they are leading big numbers of people. They are leading masses. And these are guys who influence our marriage, business, politics, and many aspects of life. So what does this mean? It means if you are engaging this person who has not attained formal education and you employ debate, this person will close his heart and his arms will not welcome you. But if you engage dialogue, this person will be respected because in dialogue, there is no winner, there is no win, there is no loser. At the end of the day, all people, all participants are winners. Again, dialogue is good in faith communities because faith goes beyond science. What do I mean here? It is very challenging to tell a scientist that Jesus was born by a Virgin Mary. But it makes good news to tell uh, a bishop or a pastor that Jesus was born by a Virgin Mary. But with science, no. This person might find it difficult in understanding this. So what does this mean? Debate is based on facts. And the person with best argument and facts ends up as a winner. But with dialogue, you learn. You get to know the other person, and the other person also gets to know you. Even if at the end of the day you don't agree, but you understand why this person behaves in a particular way, and also this person and the other person also understands you why you behave in a particular way. So what does this mean? That when we engage our faith leaders in this dialogue, after conducting uh, these educational workshops, and we see some people changing, coming to understand, and then we see others, of course, uh, uh, not speaking anything, <laughs> keeping quiet, either stopping on um, stopping the way they were preaching, and then others remain adamant. Just like any, any other message, if you deliver it, some people will pick it and understand it. Others will ignore it. Others will embrace it. Just like one person said that if you listen to me, it does not mean that you must understand me. And if you understand me, it does not mean that you, 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 you have to, to, to act. Or if you listen to me, it does not necessarily you must do whatever I tell you. So that's how we are approaching, but uh, we are seeing some kind of uh, progress because like at Universal Love Alliance, through our work, we have been able to create some allies in faith communities and other communities that are working with us. So this is how we employ education in doing this kind of work. Because when, what missionaries did here in Africa or in Africa, they did a lot of education work to, to, to impact and change the minds of uh, our leaders here. So it takes the same energy to re-educate our people here in Africa, to understand their history, to understand who they are, and to understand how they, ha how they have gotten to be where we are now and where we were before we are here. 
So we can't ignore uh, uh, such a stuff because we have today because we had yesterday. And we are hoping to have tomorrow because we are having today. So today was built on yesterday and tomorrow is being built on today. Therefore, it is very important that our leaders in Uganda and Africa in general get to know of yesterday. That is a pre-colonial state. Uganda. Then they get to know of today. That is a colonized state, Uganda. Then they get to know of tomorrow. Where are we going? So that's what Universal Love Alliance does in order to uh, change the mindset of people towards LGBT persons, especially from a negative one to a positive and a loving one. It's such needed and important work. And I'm really curious, Samson, how how did you get into this work yourself? Um, how, how did you come about to, to do this? Just like as I mentioned uh, at, the, uh, at the beginning, that when you say Samson and you say LGBT, that is a repetition. Now, <laughs> now after my high school, I joined a Bible training institute. Uh, that was based on uh, my church, where I trained as a pastor. And then uh, after my training, I started ministering, ministering in one of the Pentecostal churches. And joining this church and start to minister, I found they were preaching against LGBT people. That's one. Two, they were putting in question old women and men who were not married putting a lot of question marks on them. They are gay, they are lesbians, why can't they get married? Then also I found they were denying uh, women to lead church projects. And then also there was a problem in the church where young girls were getting pregnant and dropping out of school. Because here in Uganda, once you get pregnant, and then there is no school that will accept you. Even if this school accepts you, stigma from fellow students, you can't withstand it. You will drop out. But even parents will discommunicate themselves from you because they feel you, you are ashamed to a family. They don't want to identify with you because you, uh, this girl has gotten pregnant before marriage. Now, what I did, I told my senior pastors that why do you preach against LGBT people? Why do you chase them from the church? We are all human beings that need, but that live by grace of God. And we are all seeking the righteousness of God. So it is not right to chase away a person who is coming to church to seek the righteousness of God. Because a church is not a hall or a club of holy people. A church, to me, it is a group of people who realize that we are not worthy and we need the grace of God and we need to be who we are and we are seeking the righteousness of God, then why do you chase them away? Of course, my church was not happy with that. And then I went on to tell them that instead of preaching against LGBT people, it is important that we teach ourselves about LGBT people, about homosexuality, what does the Bible say about it, what 
is all about. Let us do some research where we fail to understand. We can get some experts that can come and teach us about these issues. Of course, my church was not happy. And they kept uh, pinpointing me saying, oh, uh, Samson promotes homosexuality. Maybe he might be a gay. Why is he always on the side of uh, gay people? Then I tried also, now when I saw girls were getting out of school and they were getting pregnant, it was a fact that these girls are having live sex. They are having unprotected sex. And what came to my mind, they are likely to be infected with HIV. Now, what I did, I organized a youth conference where I taught about HIV prevention, where I, I taught about self-sex practices. This includes use of birth control methods, use of condom, and then uh, for HIV testing, counseling, so as these girls, they can stay healthy and be productive and complete the education. So when this reached my senior pastor, he was not happy. He invited the council of pastors and had a meeting and said that Samson is promoting immorality in the church by encouraging birth control methods, by encouraging use of condoms, by encouraging counseling and HIV testing among young people. And now he's kind of encouraging them to have sex because if he's telling them to use condoms, it means they're going to have sex. If he's telling them to use of birth control method, contraceptives, it means he's saying use them and then go have sex. And then also he said Samson is promoting homosexuality in the church and we can't allow him to continue doing this. So they branded me a dangerous pastor and wrote a letter and chased me from the church and wrote to other churches in, the, in, in our community, in, in our region, that whoever works with Samson does this on his own risk. He's no longer working with us, should not be allowed to perform any religious or faith duty or function. And I went and started staying in the house which they were giving me and then later, they, they also uh, evicted me from that home, and I started renting somewhere. So one evening, I was going to grocery to buy food, food stuff. So what happened, a group of young people attacked me. So as they attacked me, as we were in the scaffold, now the car came. Of course, it lighted in them, and they took off. I also took off. So I went and slept in the neighborhood. I dropped my key there. So I went back in the morning to check my key where it was. So reaching at that scene, I found there was a five-liter jerry can of acid. I realized that these people wanted to burn me with acid. <laughs> I did not go back <laughs> straight away. I moved from Western region and came to Kampala. Kampala life was not easy. I feared to interact with people I knew because the rumors or messages had spread to different contacts that uh, Samson is gay, is supporting homosexuality, is a dangerous person, do not associate yourself with him. And I went, kept in hiding. But while you're there, I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do to teach my community on issues to do with LGBT people? What can I do? Then I worked hard 
in brick making, bricklaying, charcoal, selling charcoal. Then I got in some small money and I started an organization that was to teach human rights and understanding of LGBT issues, but it was not allowed here in Uganda, even to date. It is not allowed to register an LGBT organization. So I registered it in a disguise of drug abuse prevention. So I don't know if listeners will listen to this, how they will interpret it. So after registering it as a drug abuse prevention organization, it was accepted because the objectives, they were clear uh, to deal with drug abuse. But mainly it was a cover to help me reach people with message of uh, inclusion and acceptance of LGBT people. Actually, actually, some young LGBT people, even to date, when they are discriminated and banished by their own parents, they resort to drugs to escape the reality of life. So I started this organization. Now I started reaching out to communities secretly, clandestinely, and teach about uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, sexuality, and spirituality. Of course, with human rights in general. So that's how I got into this work of inclusion and acceptance of all people, but mainly focusing on LGBT persons. And Samson, do you still have to do this work in hiding? Like, like is this still kind of an, an underground... I mean, I imagine you have to be really careful. Yes, uh, what I can do, as time went on, of course, uh, 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 Universal Love Alliance, to, to be Universal Love Alliance, we have registered a different organization from uh, Drug Abuse Prevention to Universal Love Ministries, then to Universal Love Alliance. Now, so far, uh, from 2015, I got friends, and uh, one of them is called uh, Professor Lan Avan and uh, he lives in Illinois, in the U.S. So, and others who have joined me, I got empowered. Personally, uh, when I'm talking about LGBT issues, I don't hide. Because as I got empowered with what I was thinking of, uh, mainly I don't fear uh, to be harmed. Because as I mentioned, what makes me or what makes any person, it is not blood and flesh and face that we see, but also values that one respects, values that one is willing to die for. So just like me, I'm willing to die while defending and promoting acceptance and inclusion of LGBT people. Because to me, this is between life and death. If I don't choose to create a safe space for LGBT people or for me, it means I have to die. So what does this mean? I have personal connections to this work and I'm willing to die working for inclusion and acceptance of LGBT people because this is me. Actually, for that, that's why if you go online, you read many articles that my friends have written about me. You will see videos that I have put out. You will see some of the work that I have done. However, in doing that kind of, of doing this kind of work, people that work with us, we try by all means to protect them. Because 
One, if the community gets to know them, one, they risk losing their jobs. Take an example like face leaders that we are working with. We can't expose them because they'll be risking their jobs. They'll be risking stigma. They'll be risking uh, mob attacks. So what we do is to protect them. Teachers that we are working with, we don't expose them. Youth that we are working with, we don't expose them. We protect them. But me, as Samson, I'm committed to this work. And I feel I'm called to do this work. Actually, I'm not willing to do any other thing apart from this work. And I'm not willing even to leave this country, to go and stay in another country as a refugee. I will stay here in Uganda because my work and my efforts are needed here in Uganda. As I'm hearing you share about this, like like I, I hear as you kind of talk about like like Samson and, and LGBT are synonymous. Like, like it feels like this, this is so tied into who you are. I think I'm hearing you say you can't see yourself doing anything else. Like it, it is part of who you are. Mm-hmm. What kind of support do you need? For people who are listening here in the United States or other parts of the world, like, like how can we help you? One thing is to publicize this work that Universal Love Alliance is doing, to tell people in your circles about the work of Universal Love Alliance in Uganda and Africa in general. Because we know that good work done also needs to be known. So one thing that we request our listeners all over the world share about this work that Universal Love Alliance is doing with your friends, with any person you can get in contact. Because once people get to know of what we are doing here in Uganda, and Africa in general, then people can choose on how to support this work to move on. Of course, Uganda, where we are working from, is uh, one of third world countries, and uh, we can't get any support here in Uganda. Government cannot fund us. Business community cannot fund us. And even the people that are working with us, let's say LGBT people, they, they, they don't have work because they can't be employed. They are always on run here and there, uh, changing locations, relocating because of persecution, because of uh, discrimination, because of uh, police arrests. So they're always up and down. So what does this mean? It means we get our support from other parts of the world. And this work needs a lot of resources. So we need all any form of resource that a person can manage to offer the Universal Love Alliance to continue doing this kind of work. And in this context, I can't be... One, solidarity is a resource, you know? Like here in Uganda, you find that you are isolated. At times you are there. You don't have people to talk to. You don't have people to share with. You don't have people to feel free with. So if someone comes in solidarity with us, that is the support that we need, moral support, to know that there is someone that is recognizing, yes, here is Universal Love Alliance, and it is doing good work. Just like you, you have done, Robertson, to accept, to host me. This is a very powerful support that you have rendered to us. And this melts my heart. I can't believe that at this time, there is someone who can see sense in what Universal Love Alliance is doing and accepts to host us. And, and another thing, we need to have access to, I may call them maybe, can I say, people who are experienced, experts, 
people who have worked in the areas of human rights for a long period of time and people who have done some achievements. So as we can learn from them, we need that support too. So as we can share ideas, what is happening in Uganda, what is happening in other parts of the world, what is happening, let's say, in the United States. Because if you look at the United States, the progress that you have made is recognizable. But some, some years back, you were bad off, just like us here. Yes, you still have challenges just like us, but somehow for you have reached at a certain level. So at Universal Love Alliance, we would love to meet people who have made United States to be where it is now. We would love also, of course, this comes, this work comes with the need of money. We need money. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need money because, you see, money is one of the tools that also we need to push this work or even to survive, you know? It's a tool that we also need, just like I'm speaking to you through this computer. This computer is a tool that has enabled me to speak to you. But again, I had to load uh, data. I had to pay internet costs. And this is how I'm able to communicate to you and share with you tonight. So um, people can support us in any way possible, in any way they feel the spirit is convicting them to support the work of Universal Love Alliance, especially in area of inclusion and acceptance of LGBT people in Uganda and Africa in general. And also help to reclaim or to gain spiritual independence. You know, when you look at the history of Uganda and Africa in general, you will see there are many struggles for political independence, struggles for economic independence, but we don't see any struggle for spiritual independence. And Africa was not only colonized economically and politically, but it was also spiritually colonized. And the spiritual atmosphere, the spiritual space of Africa is still colonized. So we need combined efforts to help Africa reclaim spiritual independence. Am I right in, in reading somewhere that, that you also have a, like a U.S.-based foundation that people can donate to here in the United States? Is that correct? Very correct. Very correct. As I mentioned in 2005, when I met this friend of ours, Professor Lan Arvan, together with other friends, they formed a foundation called the Universal Love Alliance Foundation. And this foundation, its work is to correct and receive donations and then send them to us here in Uganda to help us do this work at Universal Love Alliance. And this foundation is tax exempted. So anyone would like to support us through this organization, it's there, it's called Universal Love Alliance Foundation. It has a board. And actually, and actually maybe Robertson, I need to introduce you to our board members who are living in different states, uh, one in Illinois, Santa Fe, and uh, another one in London, but is born in Hungary. And uh, that's how they work hand in hand, see that the work of Universal Love Alliance move on. So whoever supports Universal Love Alliance Foundation in the United States is supporting the work of Universal Love, Universal Love Alliance here in Uganda directly. Well, Simpson, thank you so much for joining me. I, I again, I'm, I'm very grateful for your time and to hear more about what you're doing in Uganda. It's I've said this like five times, but this is such important work, and I, I know you know that. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Robert, for hosting me and uh, for the work that you are doing is very, very crucial in saving lives all over the world. And the work you are doing cannot be measured in monetary terms because it is above monetary measures. So uh, I thank you very much. And also I need to encourage anyone in the world that is doing this kind of work of inclusion and acceptance of LGBT people that please don't be discouraged, move on, and know that at one time we will get there. It might take much time than any of us would like. It might look slow, but we shall get there. And also, I need to tell all LGBT people, wherever they are, who are listening to this, please, you are created in God's image. You are part of diversity that God has put on this planet. And God loves you and loves you so much. Thank Amen. you. Yeah, Amen. thank you. You can find out more about the work Samson is doing alongside his organization, Universal Love Alliance, by heading over to their website, universallovealliance.org. If you're based here in the United States, all donations are tax deductible. So think about that. Queerology is on Twitter and Instagram at QueerologyPod, or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. Queerology is made possible because of you. To find out how you can keep Queerology on the air by becoming an active listener, head over to patreon.com slash Matthias Roberts. A really easy way to support the show is by leaving a rating and a review. You can do that right in your podcast app or head to MatthiasRoberts.com slash review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas of what you want to hear in the show or just want to say hi, reach out. I'll get back to you. And until next time, y'all, bye! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.